Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My guest this week is the leader of the Golosh Party and member of the Verkhovna Rada of Ukraine, Kira Rudik. Kira, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Now, we're approaching six months since the war in Ukraine began. Could you just give us an overview of what the current situation is in your country? On six months of the war, uh, Russian forces have occupied about 20% of Ukrainian territory. This is unspeakable in 21st century for one country to occupy the territory of the other one. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the atrocities and the deaths and destruction that they have brought to us is again unspeakable. Uh, since the beginning of the war, about 6 million of Ukrainians have left their homes and it is the biggest uh, and the most massive migration since the Second World War. Uh, people moved inside the country and also people moved outside the country. We are not talking about Ukrainian uh, uh, military casualties, but we can definitely say that thousands of Ukrainians have died out of the hands of Russian soldiers, including up to thousand children. Mm -hmm. And um, the economic impact on my country is terrifying. We have lost most of our GDP and we have a gap in the budget of $5 billion a month uh, that we need to support our military, to support our army and to support our country. On a personal level, every single day we are waking up to the air raid sirens because there is nowhere in the country where we can feel safe. Putin is attacking uh, civilian objects and he is attacking just peaceful citizens. Sometimes they are throwing the missiles just to the middle of their cornfield, just to prove the point to show that they are there, that they are around. This is terrifying, this is humiliating, and this only makes us fight more. As for the fighting, on the day one and on and right now on day 165, Ukrainian forces are fighting with the same resolve. But right now we have finally started making the progress. And this progress is made because we have uh, the uh, NATO grade weapons. Since the day one, we have been asking our allies, it's United States, United Kingdom, European countries, Canada, for heavy weapons. This is what we uh, absolutely lack. And this is what we absolutely need to push Russians back out of our country. Uh, we only have started receiving them in the amount that uh, that are sufficient 
on on this like fifth or sixth month of the war and uh, uh, the uh, successes of ukrainian army is based on having enough supplies and having enough of heavy weapons uh, what we are receiving right now is also not enough for us to win the war but is enough for us to uh, to push russians back a little bit from the territories that they occupied uh, also, on the terms of occupied territories, uh, we hear a lot of questions on, like, so what do you care, just the borders moving in and out, but I can tell you that the terror and fear that we see on the temporary occupied territories is unspeakable, and the people there are stripped of their human rights, they are moved from their homes, they're being tortured, killed, and humiliated uh, against all the conventions and against all the international law. Uh, we also see that Russia is breaking the agreements on the, uh, handling the prisoners of war because they have killed and tortured the Ukrainian soldiers that they captured recently. We see that Russia does not uh, obey or, or uh, actually working uh, on the um, nuclear security so the latest news are that they are uh, posting the uh, information about the explosive on the largest uh, nuclear plant in europe it's zaporizhia nuclear plant that have been occupied for a while but right now they are threatening to blow it up as a person who remembers chernobyl i can tell you uh, the tragedy and the radiation would mm -hmm. not care which passport people are holding it, it, it will be a terrifying uh, accident for every single country and every single nation, same as everybody felt the results of Chernobyl. So this is the state of uh, situation right now. The most disappointing point right now is probably the action of the international organization that were supposed to prevent the war and that we're supposed to be helping because honestly we expected more and we expected that there would be not only condemnation and uh, concerns but there would be actually actions right now our our allies are the countries but not the organization that was supposed to be our allies. Well, thank you very much for uh, that really insightful overview of what's been happening over the last six months. And uh, you mentioned the situation with the nuclear power plant at the moment, which we'll come on to in a moment. But I, I just want to pick up on something you said about at the, at the beginning of the conflict, the fact that so many people were forced to flee their homes and become refugees and end up displaced either in their own country or in, indeed across uh, Europe. But as the war has developed now and the, the towns and cities, which were initially right at the center of the conflict, they're no longer under attack in the way they were back in February. So as such, are you starting to see some of those uh, refugees start to return to their homes? People indeed are coming back because though it is dangerous in Ukraine, it is our home. Mm. However, uh, people right now are facing the issue that some of their homes are destroyed. Uh, and uh, that the threat is still there and that the economical situation is such that uh, you are not coming back to the home you knew, to the city you knew, to, uh, because there is uh, not many uh, job openings available. The schools are working, I would say, hectic. And, uh, um, and the prospects of uh, autumn and winter are very complicated. We know it will be one of the most complicated uh, autumns and winters that we encountered, and not only for Ukraine, but for the whole Europe, given the gas prices and given the threats that Putin is making. I can tell you from my own experience, 
Uh, I was on uh, the um, business trip uh, or in the United Kingdom and in European countries, and I'm back to Ukraine. I was literally crying when I crossed the border because this is my motherland. This is where I belong. This is where I'm uh, representing the people. However, today I woke up to the sound of the air raid siren. I cannot begin to tell you how terrifying that is because you know that there is a huge piece of metal that is going to your city to kill somebody. And it could be you or somebody whom you know or love. And you wake up in the morning uh, thinking like, what have we done to deserve this? The point that I'm making is that for children, it is not a good place to be right now. For them not to encounter this trauma, they need to be somewhere safe. And so I do understand the mothers that are saying we will spend this uh, time um, in in some European countries where it is safer. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it sounds absolutely appalling where you are. And you mentioned that the sheer, I suppose, terror of living with these air raid sirens constantly. But in terms of day to day life, are, do you see things as slowly starting to get back to normal in some areas? Even though obviously things are different with, as you say, air raid sirens and increased military presence. But is there some sort of semblance of normality seeming to return to the main towns and cities? There is some normality, you know, like um, it's different than on the first or second months of war where yeah. there were mm, there were soldiers everywhere, block posts on the roads and uh, most of the shops were not working and uh, uh, we were all preparing for the siege. Right now, I can actually go to the gym or Pilates and I can meet with my party members and uh, and I can buy like whatever I need in the store. So um, the feeling of the war is with uh, wounded soldiers that are starting to coming back from from the front with uh, the air raid sirens and with uh, the understanding of uh, that this will be for a longer time mm -hmm. like the science uh, you know before the war we used to have all the science about the covid saying please wear the mask uh, please uh, uh, keep the distance etc etc right now the signs are we are supporting our army or mm -hmm. um, uh, or um, we are accepting donations here or we are helping this in this hospital or this is the way to help the volunteer and to get like another uh, ammunition to the front. So um, the feeling of the war does not leave you uh, yeah. at any place. And when when people are gathering together, the only thing that they are talking or the only thing that they're talking about, like how they are surviving during the war and how they're going, like uh, how they're going to survive. And mm -hmm. right now and the six months of war, I think every Ukrainian family has either somebody that they know who was killed at the war or have a, a family member who was killed at the war or have been to the funeral mm -hmm. uh, of, some, of someone. And this is terrifying because this is the trauma that my nation mm -hmm here is right now that we will not be overpassed. Mm -hmm, of course. And this is another question on how would we deal with it uh, afterwards. Mm -hmm. You mentioned before about the situation with the Zaporizhia nuclear power plants. There are a number of concerns about the status of it at the moment after the Russian forces seized control of it back in March. And since then, there's been a lot of fighting taking place in and around the site. There's even reports this week that the Russian forces are even threatening to destroy the nuclear power plant. So following these recent reports of attacks at this site, how concerned are you about a nuclear disaster, something which the United Nations is warning about? Uh, first of all, 
United Nations should not be warning. United Nations should be taking an action so that nuclear disaster would not happen. And this is what myself and my fellow politicians are calling for, to have the international group uh, from the United Nations, from the Magate, from whoever, whoever there would be to protect the nuclear station. I'm extremely concerned because if you think of Putin uh, attacking with the nuclear weapons, I think that he would be acting differently. He would create an accident uh, on the nuclear plan and that would try to blame it on Ukraine or something or, or the, the wind. Because if you remember the story of Chernobyl, it was a set of mistakes and accidents that lead to the catastrophe. Right now, when they're throwing missiles and bombs near the nuclear plant, it takes for one person, one soldier making a stupid mistake on the direction. And then you have another largest nuclear catastrophe. So this is absolutely terrifying. Mm. And the timing for it is also questionable because as you said, uh, Russians took the control of the nuclear plant in March. Right now, what they are doing, they are raising the stakes because Ukraine had the, our ports unblocked in, in the south and we are gathering forces for the counter-offense for our cities of Kherson and other cities. So uh, with, with all of that, um, them threatening to blow up the plant is another way of putting and showing his upper hand in the, in the situation. So what needs to happen right now? Again, the international community needs to step up because it's not only the problem of Ukraine, it will not be a problem of Ukraine. And uh, the concerns and condemnation does not help when you're dealing with the radiation. Absolutely. And there seems to be some signs of progress, uh, almost, in, in terms of uh, the, the Ukrainian forces being able to push uh, Russian soldiers back, you know, get them out of the main uh, towns and cities and keep, keep them in a, a more concentrated area. And so given these almost successes for the, the Ukrainian forces, do you think Russia might be beginning to find itself in a position where negotiations for a peace settlement or a ceasefire at the very least may start to take place, specifically after the success of the deal getting the grain shipments sent out, taking those out of the Black Sea and off to their relevant destinations? So there are two points here, the ceasefire and the peaceful negotiations. Mm -hmm. On the ceasefire, we have been living uh, for the last eight years at the situation of ceasefire, because I would like to remind you that Ukraine, the war uh, that Russia started on us started eight years ago. Right. And uh, we know that there is one thing that Russia cannot do is to keep their word and to actually go with the ceasefire, because the total losses of my country have been 15,000 people who were there at the front at the ceasefire. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, the question right now, both on ceasefire and peaceful negotiation, is very simple. We do not trust Putin. We know that he will break his word. We do not need additional proofs uh, of that. We know that we paid with 15,000 lives for that. So we need somebody who will be making sure and who will be vouching for him that, uh, that Putin will keep his part of the deal. Mm -hmm. And who, that, who would that be? because it needs to be security guarantees from this country, organization, or whatever, that they say, if Putin will break his word and will start attacking again, then what? Mm -hmm. And right now, I do not see a huge line of uh, world leaders 
uh, piled up saying, oh, take me, take me, I will be the security guarantor. Because basically, to be a security guarantor in this situation means an agreement to get in war with Russia. Because again, we know 100% that Russia will break their part of the deal. Like even with the grain deal, um, I would, uh, the grain deal was put together by Ukraine, Russia, Turkey, and United Nations. And there was an agreement that Russia will cease fire and will let Ukrainian ships out and will let uh, the international ships in. And there will be an international control. You know what happened within the 24 hours after the deal was signed? Russian rockets attacked Ukrainian ports. And uh, again, everybody and Turkey and United Nations were looking and saying, yeah, well, so unfortunate condemnation, et cetera, et cetera. So these are not the security guarantees. So right now, thank God, Ukrainian ships are going out of the ports securely. But what would happen if Russian ships would attack them? Would the UN forces go into to protect us? I don't know. And we are right now, we're basically hanging on Putin's will to do or not to do any harm. And this is not how we, we can kind of do it because everybody is interested in the, getting the grains out, including Putin, Turkey and United Nations. Yeah. But uh, having similar kind of deal for the whole country and for stopping the war is uh, is just unacceptable because we know that 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 he will continue killing. And look, eight years ago he took part of our country. He took Crimea and two regions. Right now he took a little bit more. And um, it's uh, Russians call it a salami technique when piece by piece, chunk by chunk, mm -hmm. you take a sovereign country's territory and you're killing people so i do not see right now any opportunity for peaceful deal mm -hmm. and not until we take our territories back yeah. and not until we have the security guarantees mm -hmm. for that putin will not move forward and as for the international response i mean there have been many many countries around the world the united kingdom united states uh, other european union member states who've been sending uh, millions and billions of dollars worth of support to uh, Ukraine for the war effort. But there, there is an argument to be made that actually countries like those should be using the money and assets seized from uh, Russians, Russian oligarchs, Russian businessmen as part of those sanctions packages and use that to pay for those weapons to be sent to Ukraine. But would this not potentially increase tensions with Russia and possibly make the situation worse? So I can tell you, I've been to Bucha and Irpin Mm -hmm. the places that were occupied by Russia um, right uh, after they were liberated. Mm -hmm. I have seen dead bodies alongside the road. I have seen women's bodies who were raped and then tried to be burned mm -hmm. by Russian soldiers to cover for their um, crimes. Mm -hmm. I have talked and seen uh, women who were raped and the houses that been destroyed to the ground. Mm -hmm. So when we are saying to have the tensions with Russia higher, I do not know how they can be higher. They are already threatening the world with a nuclear disaster. They are already killing Ukrainian people every single day. They are already disobeying every single international law and crossing every single uh, po point on the war crimes list. So when we are talking, oh, let's not annoy Russia, it is, um, it is uh, an absolutely uh, weak argument. We have talked about um, about not, let's not annoy Russia uh, regarding the NATO. Look, uh, after uh, Sweden and Finland uh, decided to join NATO, um, were there any consequences? 
well, now you see that it is okay to annoy Putin when you're thinking about your own, um, about your own country, your own citizens. On the seizing of the Russian assets, this is one of the direction that I'm working on. We do understand that the help of our allies have been tremendous. And again, I cannot amplify it more than we are as good in our fighting as the weapons that you give us. We are not producing weapons ourselves and for us not to be barehanded when we are attacking Russian soldiers and pushing them back from our land, we need the weapons that need to come from within. So uh, this is why uh, we will need more and more of that. And I have told you that the gaps in Ukrainian budget is right now, uh, they are just like terrifying. So we would need more financial support. The question would be where to get this money from. Because I also understand that the countries that are our allies are not printing their money and they are taking them from their pocket of uh, the taxpayers, people like us. And this is why I do believe that the burden during the autumn and winter will be very hard to get. So this is why we need to use the money that Putin is keeping in the international banks to cover for those expenses. It is right now about 500 or 600 billion dollars stored in the world's banks uh, of Putin's money. And I do believe strongly that we can seize those assets and use them to help Ukraine or cover for the already existing programs because the programs that, that you guys are having for us in the united kingdom are long-term program of the weapons uh supply of the support of our refugees etc etc and it is all basically deducting from the budget so let's cover for some of those uh, let's use money of russian oligarchs to cover for those programs so um i think it's very logical and very fair thing to do. And that could be a real prevention for the other aggressors that would want to break international law because they would know that then their money will disappear. And that would be like a very good, um, like a negative force for them to, to think twice or three times. Another point on that is that for eight years, when the whole world was looking mm-hmm. and thinking and saying, oh, we are uh, concerned, Putin was preparing for the war. Mm-hmm. At the day one of war, when people started calculating, it was another $600 billion uh, stored in Russia mm-hmm. that would be enough to continue this war for some time. And you, you've mentioned there that as things stand at the moment, Ukraine is not in a position where it can join the NATO alliance. However, Ukraine did officially receive candidate status to join the European Union in June, and I see you have the European Union flag behind you there. So what sort of benefits can EU membership give to Ukraine? Well, first of all, EU membership and NATO membership is an uh, aspiration of Ukrainian people, and it is written in our constitution. And this is one of the reasons why uh, Putin actually attacked us, because he said he cannot have like the country that is being democratically developed alongside the Russian borders. So um, the candidacy and the membership in EU is extremely important for us as a country, first of all, because of the uh, economical part and the European markets that is opening for Ukrainian uh, producers. Second, on uh, uh, the uh, job market level. And third, and probably the most, the the main one is uh, the values and direction point. So when we are talking right now that we are fighting for European values, it is not just an empty word for us. 
we are we do fight for freedom for liberty for ability to define our own um uh, our own fate ourselves and uh, this is what we believe uh, that european countries who has developed uh, you, uh, with these values uh, is a good example for us so uh, as you know ukraine used to be the top three world producer of the grain, sunflower oil, tomatoes, corn, and uh, many other tasty things. And uh, right now when our ports are blocked, uh, it, it is even more important for us to become a member of European Union, to have these markets open for us and making sure that we can sell all this um, food to to the European countries. Uh, of course, uh, all the economic, political uh, and um, um, and uh, geopolitical links that we are having, we would like to make them stronger. But the, the war between uh, that, that actually Russia started on us, it started because uh, President Horanaway, he uh, tried to overpass the will of ukrainian people to join eu right so this is like you know it's much deeper than even some political or economical mm -hmm. thing it's the direction i can tell you yeah with the candidacy thing um i called my father after after we were granted this candidacy mm -hmm. i was in brussels the day and it was like super emotional mm -hmm. so and he said I don't really understand what the candidacy means and like what it's giving us. Mm. But right now I have this feeling that my country has a future. And this says it all. As this war progresses, and it does seem at the moment that it will continue for the foreseeable future, how concerned are you that people around the world may see this, this situation just keep dragging on and consequently lose interest in what's happening and see a, a lot of the attention that's there already start to go elsewhere? Well, I am concerned, of course, because the support that we were getting at the very beginning was purely emotional. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, and I'm glad to say that people from all over the world could not stand that uh, peaceful people like Ukrainians are being attacked and and killed and destroyed uh, by, by another nation that just made this full decision. However, right now uh, you see um, all the conflicts in the world that were taken and dragged under the carpet, they are right now uh, are being actually, uh, and they, they are gradually exploding. You have seen the situation in Serbia and Kosovo, uh, China, Taiwan, uh, Israel and Palestine. Uh, so on one hand, it's dragging the attention from Ukraine, but it also is telling you this like eternal truth that um that good versus evil will be fighting all the time and you uh, and um their uh, enemy that you didn't uh, destroy till the end uh at the you know the movie part one will always come back in the movie part two and this is the tragedy that we're seeing right now mm -hmm. that the like so-called conflicts uh, will always become hot conflicts. Mm -hmm. And this is why um, we are at the point where the uh, system of the international security that was created after the Second World War shows that it is invalid anymore. Mm -hmm. 
And there right now we need to figure out a different one. And today Ukraine will take and be at, at the forefront and will be an essential, the, the resolution of the situation of the war in Ukraine will be an essential part of this, um, uh, of this new security system. Because whoever is calling themselves like a world democratic leaders, and I do believe that United States and United Kingdom are the ones uh, we'll need to figure out uh, the resolution that would be also resolving situation in Taiwan, same as the situation in Ukraine, in Serbia, et cetera, et cetera. And that, that would be a challenge. And countries like the United States, United Kingdom, again, those are the European Union allies as well. You know, they, they face very severe economic and energy supply problems at the moment. And, you know, perhaps that might mean that some of the support going to Ukraine may have to be reserved for uh, domestic issues. But do, do you accept that there may come a point at which those countries will potentially have to limit the amount of funding being given to Ukraine in order to deal with their, their own issues? So a couple of things. First, mm -hmm. the, uh, the uh, energy crisis that the Europe is facing mm -hmm. and the world is facing did not happen because of Ukraine. And this is like a hashtag, I told you so. I do remember October last year talking to, I think it was the European Parliament or like a committee in European Parliament when I was screaming that the Nord Stream 2 is a, uh, is a weaponizing of the energy. Mm -hmm. So the energetic crisis that is happening that everybody is facing is uh, the result of Putin, not Ukraine. And the issue that we need to resolve is how to deal with situation like that. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there are countries that are still dependent on on Russian energy resources, they, they will not be less dependent. The, the situation will not be resolved even if Ukraine like was not there, right? Mm -hmm. So they need to figure out the, this issue no no matter um, in what's happening in Ukraine, because do you think that closer to autumn Putin will become like a better person, a better guy who will like decrease the prices on, on gas and oil? I don't think so. I think that he will be doing it no matter what's happening in Ukraine. And he's unreliable partner that the countries cannot just deal with. Second point is on the financial support. So let me ask you this. What would happen if we fail? What would happen if Ukraine fails in this war? There are actually no good solutions. We will either have a gray area in the center of Europe at the size of half of Europe, or and it will create another set of refugees that will create a huge amount of weapons flu flying to, um, to European countries that will empower Russia, giving them basically an enormous amount of territories and uh, giving the breadbasket of the whole Europe and the whole world to yeah. Russia and making them even stronger. It will, or like, or there would be like a, even a, a larger war, a scale war, or there would be more and more atrocities and more ability of Putin to dictate his will to the whole world. I honestly did not hear any, any uh, Western politician who would say that they have a plan where Ukraine would fail. And so mm -hmm. for Ukraine not to fail, there would need to yeah. be an ongoing support. Mm -hmm. And I do believe in it. Okay, so ju just to finish then, uh, we, we look at the UK at the moment, you know, we're about to get a new Prime Minister, be it the Foreign Secretary Liz Truss or the former Chancellor of the Exchequer Rishi Sunak. 
Now, outgoing Prime Minister Boris Johnson, he's been unwavering in his support for Ukraine. But what do you make of what Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak are promising for your country? Well, first of all, I want to believe that the support that we were getting from you guys were not like direct Boris Johnson to President Zelensky. That it was the support of the uh, English people. And uh, uh, we do believe and do appreciate that. And being to the United Kingdom, I can tell you that I feel this support like everywhere where like people like Boris Johnson, do not like Boris Johnson, like uh, any of the candidates, etc. And this is on the human level. And I do believe that whoever is the prime minister, they will pro- continue provide the will of the people. Then given to what we have read of the statements of both candidates, they were both very positive about Ukraine and continuing the support. And what I heard from Liz Truss, I think it was that she will actually be pushing forward on the rush, seizing of the Russian asset sink. And Rishi Sunar said that he will be supporting this initiative as well. So something that I am personally will be working on is I would get the support from both of the candidates, which I also uh, I like and appreciate. In fact, the issue needs to be how well they deal with the internal problems of the United Kingdom, because your guys economical stability and ability to overpass all like the energy food store food uh, price and um, cost of living issues will actually result in how much support you can provide to us so my my main goal with the new prime minister would be please 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 make sure that uk remains with a strong economy okay and on that note kira rudik thank you very much for coming on the show thank you so much and glory to ukraine Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.